Hi, and welcome to the Virtuosity Project podcast. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'll be chatting to you each week about all things CrossFit, motivation, life, a little bit behind the doors of a CrossFit affiliate, and anything else that we think might provide you with some education, uh, give you a little bit of entertainment and some inspiration along the way. So thanks for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please feel free to give us a review on iTunes through the Apple Podcast app. Uh, That would help us out a great deal. Leave us a review, give us a rating. We would really love that. And please share this with your friends. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hey, hey, and welcome to another week of the Virtuosity Project. Lisa here to have a chat to you for our weekly catch-up. Hope your week's been a good one. Have you done a little check-in with yourself this week? See how you're feeling? Uh, see what's went well, make sure that you can uh, celebrate your wins and, and recognise the wins. Quite often we get caught up in the how hard everything is or how we could have done this better or we should have done that better, all of that sort of stuff, when maybe we've done a whole heap of things really well and we just need to check in and acknowledge that, give ourselves that little pat on the back and, and forge forward. The stuff we've got to do better or improve on, We're going to do that. That's going to happen. But what we don't do is celebrate our wins often enough. So if you've done well this week, well done. Uh, You're still getting out of bed every day. You're still forging forward. So that's worth celebrating in itself. Uh, CrossFit Games coming up soon. I'm pretty excited as a bit of a CrossFit geek. Um, I love all things CrossFit Games. uh, Kicking off uh, towards the end of next week in Madison, Wisconsin. Going to be a really interesting year with all the challenges to qualifying. Um, lots more athletes, cuts. It's going to be uh, hugely interesting, and we don't know any workouts yet. Normally, we would know them by now. So, a whole heap of unknowns for those uh, athletes that are rocking up. Lots of Australians involved, both on the field uh, competing in, <coughs> excuse me, teams or individuals, and also um, a couple of Aussie judges that I know rocking over to Madison to help out with judging events over there. So that's pretty cool for those guys and. Uh, Super jealous, but I know that they're going to have a great time. So this week, uh, firstly, thank you to everybody who reached out last week. I got quite a lot of feedback um, and some suggestions for some topic ideas that you might want to hear me ramble on about. Um, But thank you to everyone that gave feedback. Uh, We're available on all the podcast platforms now. So if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, or even if you don't listen there, but you have access to it, please jump on, give us a review, give us a rating. Uh, that stuff's kind of important for helping uh, this little show stay above water and, and keep paddling and shows that people want to listen to it. So um, I'm super grateful for everyone that takes a half an hour out of their week to listen and especially to those that take some extra time to give me some feedback. I'm not often sure whether it makes sense or how it comes out So because um, I don't listen to it. As I've said, this is one take wonder, truck horns and alarms and everything going on galore. Um, so I really appreciate people who take that time to uh, let me know. Um, so this week I thought I'd talk a little bit about athlete brain and I've got to thank uh, Coach Annie from here at CrossFit 4504 for uh, giving me the the inspiration for this one. Um, I was tossing around some ideas but they all tend to flow into this. Um, so what do I mean by athlete brain? Well sometimes it's that default setting that just goes off when you just want to, everything else goes by the side, everything you've been taught, everything you know logically, um, everything that's smart and sensible sometimes just goes to the side because I just want to achieve 
this. I want to be fastest in the workout today. I want to lift the most weight. I want to lift heavier than I have before. I want to get a PR. All of that sort of stuff can flow into athlete brain. And an athlete brain can be a good thing. Um, don't get me wrong. It can be help you be focused and, and if you've got a goal that you're striving for, it can help you stay on track for that goal. It can give you some clarity about your purpose in your training. There's nothing worse than training without purpose and kind of just paddling along aimlessly going, I'm just training to be fit. Well, that's not an end state. And I spoke in some earlier episodes about the need to have uh, measurable uh, goals that were very specific and, and having a purpose to your training rather than fit. Because as we said before, if fitness was an end point, all of those people rocking up to the CrossFit Games would do the games and never do it again and never train again because they're clearly fit enough. Fit enough for what, though? Fit enough. Now, I train my members here at CrossFit 4504 to, to be able to lead a full and functional and, and more importantly, a fun life. Uh, all the F words. We like favourite F words here. Um, we like to make sure that our guys thrive outside of the gym, that they're really living their best life. And I spoke a little bit about that in the last episode, but you know, if people are coming to class consistently, following the coaching, following the progressions, following the program, eating well, sleeping well, uh, just, you know, being good humans, the results inside the gym are going to come. I know that their performances will improve, their strength will go up, they'll, they'll tick all the right metrics for improvement. No problem. But the stuff that really, you know, gets me fired up and excited is when my members go out into the world and they do stuff and they achieve stuff there in the real world. And whether that they whether that is simply they have more energy to run around with their grandkids or, you know, they're able to go and climb a mountain and watch the sunrise or, you know, participate in a triathlon, which I know a couple of guys are starting to, to dabble in and, and think about doing, simply to have the confidence to go that, well, I've got the fitness to do it. I just need to specialise in a little bit of skills. That's awesome to me. You know, through doing this 800-gram challenge, <coughs> excuse me, that we've just been doing, I love the fact that, you know, one of our guys who's following that, um, and I'll give him a shout-out, Craggy, it has totally in four weeks transformed who he is nutritionally. Uh, this is a guy that used to, you know, have a cup of coffee for breakfast and maybe grab a late lunch somewhere from somewhere close to work and have a big dinner. Now, like he's he's having a breakfast, so he can find a way to incorporate vegetables into his breakfast or fruit into his day to get to his 800 grams. He's trying a variety of things. The one of the challenges week was to eat purple fruits or vegetables. You know, he's having sautéed purple cabbage. Like I couldn't be prouder, and it's and it's flowing onto his whole family. Now he also comes in here and trains and does a great job in a workout. Don't get me wrong. And I'll say, good lifting, good workout, good result today, good whatever, but it's that result in that four, in that 800-gram challenge where he's doing stuff that, you know, he never thought he would and uh, trying things and he's got that confidence like, boom, that's, that's the stuff that gets me excited and fires me up and uh, makes me even more passionate about what we do here and the potential that we have to help people truly live, live their best life and be the best version of themselves. Um, and we really are having a positive impact on, on every aspect of their life, you know, physical, emotional, and social, where we're really having that impact. So that's that's exciting stuff. Um, went off on a little tangent there. But 
Um, if you have a purpose for your training and you're you're driven, that athlete brain can be quite a powerful tool. It's it's very specific. And whether your goal is directly related to something in gym or not, that's okay. It's going to help drive you because you need to do all these steps to achieve that goal. As we talked about in the first episode about just getting started, it's want to climb Mount Everest, well, cool, walk to your, the end of your driveway, you know, keep walking. Um, you've just got to get started. Athlete brain, however, can become a little bit of an issue, and I guess this also links into something I was loosely going to talk about is, is, is ego, and that can be linked into athlete brain, um, in where it can cause us some headaches and some issues. Ironically, headache, given that it's athlete brain I'm talking about. See what I did there? Um it can, it can trip you up and it can make you get in your own way. Um, and, and it can be driven a little bit by ego. So we, we have a saying at CrossFit, check your ego at the door, leave your ego at the door. You've got to come in and be almost be prepared to be um, metaphorically stripped bare. Um, we don't do that on your first day. But and be prepared to take the baby steps. We, we often say that when you start CrossFit, it's like being reborn so you're like a baby and a toddler and a you know a, a young adolescent and you've just got to learn to all those basic fundamental skills that we had to learn when we were born like you know crawling before we could walk walking before we could run um being able to feed ourselves um you know or you know wipe your own butt all those sort of things a lot of those skills you know um are fundamental to our everyday life when it comes to training, there's a lot of those fundamental skills that we've got to learn and relearn. And when you were learning to crawl and walk, I'm pretty sure you face planted a lot, you fell down a lot, you were frustrated, even though you may not have had the words to communicate it. Um, but now as as growing adults and we're learning these new skills, we have those same things. We will fall. We will um, have setbacks. We will be frustrated. And sometimes our athlete brain stops us taking on the lessons that we need to take on. Uh, one of those, a good example of that is where we're talking about um, moving well. So our philosophy here is about having our athletes move well. Um, and I will often say to them, and my guys who listen to this will feel like, God, it's just like listening to Lisa in class. It's the same stuff. But um, because that's who I, who I am, it's, you know, I don't care about who lifts the most or who has the fastest time in the workout. Um, that's for you and, and your ego and your uh, sense of, you know, achievement that day. And, and I'm not saying that's not worth achieving. It, it absolutely is. But my concern as a coach is absolutely how are you moving today? If you move perfectly, technically perfectly, or ultimately with a broomstick and you were the slowest in the class, boom, high five. If you decided to choose RXD weight and were fastest but moved horribly, um, then that's that's not what I want to see. That doesn't make me happy. Um, and you risk so much to yourself by doing that and, you know, forgetting all the cues and the coaching and, um I often say it's the, the the red mist that comes over. As soon as we say three, two, one, go, it's like, boom, forget everything else, just go hell for leather, let's get this done. And sometimes that can be detrimental. I know when people are working, you know, at their capacity, they're working with intensity, 
there is some uh, allowance you give for some form and technique to break down, but when it gets to the point where it's actually going to be harmful to you, or as I say to my guys, not Instagram sexy, so if I look at it and go, that's not something that I would necessarily be happy to post as a representation of what we do here, then that's when we've got to draw the line and we've got to rein it back in. And our athlete brain can also make us want to push beyond some points that are reasonable, particularly when it comes to things like injury. Um, and it sucks when you've got an, a niggle or an injury and you just want to do what everybody else is doing or you may have entered a competition or you want to you want to do it. But sometimes it's just not the best thing for you for your uh, long-term wellness. And, and at here I'm always saying to the guys, we're playing the long game here. This is not you know, instant. Whether you manage to PR your snatch this week or in six months' time, it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's going to happen eventually. There's no need to push through that that potential injury or a niggle when maybe a couple of weeks of dialing it back, modifying, changing the range of motion is going to actually give you a far better outcome down the track. Um because quite often, you know, in, in my experience here, and we've been going for nearly five years now, you know, someone's going to push through stuff one too many times and their little niggle suddenly becomes a thing, which requires weeks and weeks of modifying and they come into class and they've got sad face and the sad eyes every time I won't uh, have them do something and I have them modify and they get frustrated and it's that little setback and their athlete brain, which is fueled by their ego, is like, but I want to. I want to, I just want to do it. And it just comes to the point when you just can't um, for your own wellness. Now, as a coach, I see it as my responsibility sometimes and, and my staff's responsibility. Sometimes we have to step in and be the adult and, and save you from yourself um, and help you navigate a safer, a safer path through. Um, you know, when it gets to ego, it, it can drive us, you know, we we define ourselves by that perception of who we are, um, you know, whether we belong in the group, our sense of validating um, our position or who we are or, or our worth. Um, and it can also, particularly with athlete brain, it can also, um, you know, make us do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do or perceive ourselves in a way that we wouldn't ordinarily do. I know I had a good conversation with um, one of my coaches this week in that, you know, they're a coach and also an athlete and they train to a high standard and they work very hard and they worry that because they're a coach, everyone else is looking at them and, and expecting them to be able to perform in a certain way. And if they can't do that movement, do that lift, um, you know, do that load, you know, what does that mean for them as a coach? And that's their, it's not even a really a coach's brain, it's that little part of their ego, but their athlete brain will then go, well, cool, let's just do it. Let's just load her up. Let's just go. When that's not entirely the, you know, the best choice. And so when I'm coaching them in a class, you know, I'm helping them release that expectation by, you know, helping them get out of their own way and freeing up their brain to actually focus on the thing that they're trying to do instead of being weighed down by this frustration and this this expectation that they perceive that others have where, in in all honesty, most people don't have that expectation of them. They know that they're 
coaches are fallible and we're human, particularly, you know, for me. Um, I'm definitely not the fastest in the box and, and never will be, and that's okay. Um, but we all have our different strengths and, and weaknesses, but it's about being okay with that and, and having that balance to know that you can have your own goals, you can still, you know, coach. It doesn't devalue as a coach just because you can't, you know, outlift everybody in the gym, but you need to be doing what works for you and getting out of your way to free yourself up to be the best that you can be. Um, having that little nagging voice, that little athlete brain that's goes, yeah, but, you know, I can I can do this weight. And, again, this is something I do say a lot here is just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. On the flip side of that, sometimes there is a case where um, people will be too conservative and too cautious and that's the, the role of the coach to uh, help you get, get past that point and, and push through that, be a little bit more confident and, and aggressive, um, for want of a better word. Uh, so a good example of that is, I, you know, um, one of my coaches, and she won't mind me talking about this, Annie, uh, this week she struggles sometimes with confidence once the, the bar gets heavy, particularly in a clean, starts to get in her own head and you can see her make a lift and she's shaking her head. She's self-evaluating the lift already. When the, when the lift is fine, it's great. Um, so this week I kind of pushed her a little bit and had her go um, what she thought was just underneath RxD weight, but I actually had her go two and a half kilos above, but she didn't realise that because her bar math is not her strong point, um, which is always good for a laugh. Um, speaking of athlete brain, Athlete brain can impede your ability to add up numbers and add up plates on a bar, but that's a story for another day. Um, but she didn't know that. So, and it was still a number that was pretty tidy within her percentages, uh, a percentage of her one rep max, so it was absolutely fine and safe for her to lift. But I wanted her to know that she could get through that and make that lift. And once she started, mate, she failed the first couple in the first round of the workout. And I was standing beside her, coaching her, helping her clear her head for each lift, just talking her through what she had to do, just get set and pull, focus on two things, the extension and dropping the elbows under. Don't think about the weight. Don't think about the fact that you're not very good at these or you're not feeling confident. Just focus on those two actionable things that you can do every lift. So she started making the lift, bang, 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 um, trying to, you know, consciously get her to get out of her own way and, and free herself up to lift when we came to the break between the two workouts we were doing I went oh by the way don't hate me but uh you've just done 45 instead of 42 and a half she's like oh well cool I'll, I'll take it down for the next workout I went no -uh, we're in this now let's go um and so she finished the workout with that and that was a big win for her because I, I want her to feel confident under the bar her athlete brain tends to switch off and or switch on and those negative uh, confusing thoughts come in that's like, oh, these are always so hard, I can never do these, um, I'm not good enough, I'm a coach, I should be able to do more. And sometimes it can be hard to prioritise what you want to do versus what, you know, the needs of the members are when you're coaching and, and there's that line, but it's okay to have those individual things that you're working on. We've all got things to work on. 
So her athlete brain was very much in that negative space of it's too heavy, I can't do this, I'll just go lighter today and work on technique. Now, for some people, that's absolutely appropriate they do that, no problem. Um, but in this case, and if your coach is someone who really knows you well, they'll know these moments when they can push you and when you need to be pushed versus let's just play it safe today. Um, we spend a lot of time with our athletes before a, a workout starts, making checking what weight they're doing, checking what movement option so that they are using the, the, the best option, you know, for them. But this, when it comes to things like injury and we risk injury by pushing through things with this, with our little athlete brain or our ego, uh, that's where it can be problematic for us. Um, as humans, as coaches, we want you to be the best that you can be. Now, nobody wants to stop doing the fun stuff and the cool stuff. I get that. Um, when my guy's here, so you might notice you've got a little a tweaky shoulder, tweaky back, you know, hip or knee doesn't feel quite right, but you just keep pushing through it. It'll be right. It'll be right. It'll be right. I just slept crooked. I landed awkwardly, whatever. We just dismiss it. And I've been guilty of that before, absolutely. And um, my guys here know that I'm big on getting ahead of that, get ahead of the curve, go see something before it becomes a thing. Because when it becomes a thing, that means we have to modify and scale or stop some activities altogether. And it could be for quite an extended time, depending on the issue. Normally shoulders can be quite grumpy and quite difficult to deal with. Now, our athlete brain is like, oh, but I entered this competition and I want to do this or, oh, but I really want to do that workout and I promise I'll be good and I'll just go light and it's, you know, all these negotiations that go on when really the best thing would be to step out and do something completely different, which we have athletes come into class all the time and might be suffering an issue. So we'll have them do something else. So they can still get to come to class and hang out with their buddies it's not doing the same workout, but I see them in the cor- like in the corner. We don't just put them in a corner and go, wow, off you go. We'll spend time with them and still coach them, but you can see them, you know, and inside it's that little, but I want to do what they're doing. I want to play with the other kids. And I get that, and I'm not unempathetic towards that, even though some people might think I am. Um, but we've got to deal with the root cause because even when you think you've dealt with something, uh, most people who come to us, um, as adults to train, even if you don't think that there's something there, sometimes through training, uh, biomechanical deficiencies or um, structural inadequacies we have in our body might become apparent. When you've lived a fairly, uh, <coughs> excuse me, stationary life, sitting, not doing much, then you come and start throwing barbells around, you know, some things are going to want to need a little bit of attention, um, particularly if you're not paying attention to your sleep your nutrition, uh, mobility every day, rolling out, stretching out, all that sort of stuff, uh, little things are going to pop up. And most people will come to us in a deconditioned state and um, have pre-existing issues, which through training either become apparent or, you know, uh, lead to something else. So that's why, you know, a good coach, um, good staff will, will be able to modify that and ease you into a training program so we can see where you're at quite clearly. But again, even starting something new, we see brand new people come in, relatively fit, healthy guys, for example, not picking on guys, but 99% of the time this is where it happens. 
And I'll say, cool, well, the workout today is 20 minutes. You're going to do 10 minutes. It's your first class. We're going to modify to this, this, and this. And um, we're going to roll through with that. And they're like, oh, no, no, I can do I, – I don't think 10 minutes is long enough. I really think I can do more. Can I try the next weight up? Can I do this? And always, like, pushing that envelope. So that's where we explain why we're doing what we're doing, um, how our intensity and can be different, and we want to assess them and see how they move and keep them safe. So we have that conversation, but it still doesn't stop that athlete brain going, well, I'm a relatively fit, health, healthy human being. Why can't I do this? And or why aren't you letting me do this? And that's where the role of the coach comes into sometimes being that little, little parent. Um, but our athlete brain can really affect us in a lot of ways. Um, I think, as I've said before, I've recently started um, playing competitive golf again, and I know full well my ego and my athlete brain are off tap when I am playing at the moment because it's not pretty it's about 85% of where I used to be and I used to be fairly competitive when I would turn up to events and play representative stuff and for district and club and and whatnot um and so when I'm hitting a, a good shot it's great it's it's awesome but that 15% that is not there leads to all manner of uh, bad shots and trouble and frustration and it's, it's been very frustrating exercise for me to, to step back on the golf course because my athlete brain is saying, I know what you've done before. You're coming out here to this club because I've joined my old club at Virginia. And here's your name plastered all around this clubhouse for the various championships you've won in the past. And now you're coming out and shooting these really big scores. And wow, you know, how does this look? And it, it really is a, a dent to the ego to go out to a place where I used to play quite well and, you know, shoot relatively low scores, mid-70s fairly consistently. And now, you know, breaking 90 is a bit of a challenge because of these little holes. Now, uh, so many people have told me, um, oh, you know, it's it's only your second or third game back, you haven't played for eight years, blah, blah, blah. And logically and scientifically, yes, I know that. And it's a timing thing. And I just need to get things to sync up and a little bit of practice and smooth out the rough edges. And I know that in six months or even two months with some hard work or 12 months, none of this is going to matter. I'm going to be hopefully back better than I was. But at the moment, my athlete brain is, is you know, it's the frustrated one on the course when I miss a putt that I know I could have made or flub a chip or hit a ridiculous drive or things like that. And it's like, my athlete brain still wants me to do what I was doing before I took my little semi-retirement. Um, and that that ego part plays into that as well, going, well, everyone knows you and they know that you can play better. Like, why are you not playing better? And that you know you can, but forcing it hasn't worked the last three weeks. So, you know, it's, it's about having that conversation with myself and my coach about, you know, what are some strategies to help me pair this back and, and how do I get the most out of each game I play or each practice session to to build me back to where I want to be. So it's no different to somebody in a CrossFit gym. I'm no different to anybody else. I'm not running this podcast to tell anybody that I know anything more than them or I have, you know, I'm perfect because I'm absolutely not. And, and I've uh, said that in previous episodes, I am deeply flawed and I have my own things that I work on and battle with. And I continue to do that and I don't shy away from that stuff either. But I recognize very strongly where this athlete brain of mine is coming in 
um, on the golf course. And and my challenge is how do I get out of my own way and just let let things happen rather than being frustrated about where it is because I know full well that's not where it will be. And the same vein, I, I almost need to say the same things to myself. I say to my athletes that, you know, you know, a month of modification is going to avoid, you know, um, months and months and months of, of inactivity if, if things get worse. You know, we, we take our pill for a month and we take our medicine and we be good, we do our mobility and we get it back on track and we can come back stronger. So our athlete brain is a, is a little interesting part of our personality. We all have it. Coaches have it. We sometimes have coach brain. Um, I have it when I'm training in the gym. I also have it when I'm outside uh, doing golf, you know. Um, but the trick for you, for everybody, I think, is learning to recognize when that kicks in, hearing that little voice. And it's not really the negative voice in your head. It's just that little voice that's, you know, it's almost like you've got a good angel on one shoulder, a bad angel on the other, and they're trying to, you know, prod you in a direction and that you, it may not be the best one for you to go go into. So it's recognizing that and having someone in your corner that you can either ask for advice or ask for guidance about the best way to manage it and being aware of it and saying, hey, to your coach, um, I know that I tend to do this, this, and this. How do I work around that? You know, I feel like this when I have to scale. Um, uh, and it opens up a whole whole can of worms. So this week, I guess my little challenge to you guys is to have a little think about your athlete brain and be try and be conscious of it over the next week or your ego. See where it's tripping you up. See where maybe it's uh, letting you or holding you back from achieving, you know, your true potential in something. And maybe it's just a simple matter of getting out of your own way, just telling your brain to shut the hell up, I'm just going to go do this, or listening to what it's telling you, listening to it critically, evaluating it critically, and making smart decisions for your long-term wellness. Because after all, team, we're all here for the long game. We're not training for the CrossFit Games. We're not training to be elite athletes. We're training to be fun, functional, happy human beings that are living our best life every day. And that's what we want. We want everyone to be out doing that and thriving. So that's about it this week. I hope you guys have an awesome week. Uh, give me any feedback, the virtuosityproject at gmail.com. Have a great week. Otherwise, I will see you next week, team.